This conference will now be recorded. Good morning. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. Uh, today is uh, the week of September 10th through September 17th. This week we have a new moon in Virgo. We have Mercury turning direct. We have quite a few health aspects. And we also have Ceres, Pallas Athena, and Vesta changing signs. Ceres is going to enter Scorpio. Pallas Athena is going to enter Libra. And Vesta is going to enter Cancer. So that gives us a busy week. Um, of course, with Mercury shifting, Mercury is one of the rulers of the body, rules natural sixth house. And this week, as he stations to turn direct, we do have quite a number of health aspects, so we can watch for things to shift and also just kind of pay attention. If you have health aspects, you know, uh, important time to deal with them, address them, and go to the doctor. All right, off we go. Interesting week ahead, lots going on, which is always kind of fun when we have one of those kind of wild and crazy weeks where we're, we're like, oh, my goodness, there's everything, everything. Oh, this, 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 this. And, of course, we still are in Venus's retrograde shadow. Um, so here's the list of aspects for September, um, big ones. And, of course, Venus is in her retrograde shadow. She went direct on the 3rd and 4th, depending on where you lived in the world, of September. And she leaves her shadow on October 6th. She is going to form one more finger of God as she does that. This week, uh, Venus is going to be again on the world point where she was uh, a couple weeks ago. This is the third square as she squares Jupiter on the world point. So we can expect significant news around emotional matters. Uh, when we've seen that before, that was uh, important people leaving us. Um, you know, and sometimes shocking people leaving us it was when uh, Victor was, Yvensky, I'm not sure I'm saying is right, was when he had the coup, and then when he got shot out of the sky in the plane, and so we have the third part. So one, two, three in your own life, one, two, three, uh, you know, June 23rd through um, uh, June 23rd, and then August 23rd, and then now. So kind of pay attention to what's going on in the heavens. Mercury, of course, this week stations to go direct at 8 Virgo. Uh, he went into his retrograde shadow on August 4th, and he's now about to go forward, retracing his steps through the end of the month, September 13th, and leaving Virgo in October. So again, ghosts, people returning, people talking to from your past, good energy for following up with all of them, and checking in. You know, I've heard from a lot of people from my past. It's been great. Um, and it, it uh, you know, checking in and kind of following up and wrapping up things and or making plans for the future. So watch with your Mercury retrograde because as he stops this week, lots of news gets revealed. It's also a very public news week where people are going to be telling the truth. You're going to hear a lot of truths this week um, or a lot of things are going to be revealed. So pay attention. It's When I was looking at the energy of the, the theme of the week, I'm like, oh, this is truth week where the truth comes out, good, bad, or indifferent. So kind of pay attention to what you hear, see, and as Mercury stations and Jupiter and Sat Jupiter and Venus square each other, there'll be some truth in. So we'll see what happens. Um, first up, of course, on Sunday was Pluto square Ceres. Um, we did have, you know, Ceres rules the Earth. 
Uh, there are, um, Pluto of course is transformations. We just had that huge earthquake in Morocco. Uh, I'll be covering some politics at the end of the chart, at the end of the presentation. I won't be covering Morocco, although I, I couldn't find the chart. But we do have Pluto Angular uh, in series, of course, as mothers and children. Uh, and Pluto is buildings. It's in Capricorn, the sign of buildings. So there were some structural changes. The chart cast for Washington, D.C., of course, is um, uh, we have President Biden off negotiating uh, uh, trade deals in the, in uh, with India and the open channeling. Again, I didn't put the G summit in, but Pluto Dare series also talks a lot about food and nurturing and how we take care of each other. And it's squaring Pluto, so of course that can be food shortages. Pluto is squaring the nodes. Ceres is near the nodes, and of course she's going to leave uh, Libra and go into Scorpio in, this week. So this square often has an ampl amplification of food, diet changes, learning about food problems, learning about nurturing problems, stories around losses of the mother, the feminine energy leaving, or losses of people that nurture you. Squares are, uh, but it's psychological, so it doesn't have to be a physical loss. It can be an emotional separation from it, so kind of pay attention to that. Um, you know, the other planets are in nice positions, so it may be more of emotional, but because Ceres and the South Node are both on Venus, and she is approaching an opening square of action to Jupiter, we're going to watch that mothering, nurturing story unfold over the week. Who takes care of you? Who nurtures you? Who do you nurture? So these are all questions, and again, one of the themes I've been working on in my week, my daily podcast with folks that I do every day uh, on Patreon is, you know, what we feed, we nurture. What we don't feed, we don't nurture. You know, you have to feed it. Um, September 11th is my birthday. When I turned 40, my sister gave me a plant, which is now turning 29 years later with me. It's, I, as I turn 69, it turns 29. And I've been feeding that plant for 29 years. Um, and so it has grown and grown and grown. And when you see me on the podcast with the plant behind me, that's the plant my sister gave me. So what we feed grows. What we don't feed doesn't. And so Ceres Square Pluto invites you to make changes in your diet. It make, invites you to make changes in what you nurture. Are you nurturing things that help you grow? And so those are some of the questions that the, uh, the girls, the outer plant, the asteroids are asking us as they shift signs this week. Ceres changing out of Libra into Scorpio, Vesta changing out of the home and hearth into Cancer, what we're gonna nurture and care for because we've been thinking about it and working with it and maybe being a little ambivalent. And Pallas Athena, who's been in strategic Virgo for a while, is now shifting into Libra and taking those strategies out and working with people. Next up, Pallas Athena enters Libra. That happens on Wednesday, September 13th. Pallas Athena, of course, has been in Virgo figuring out things. She's going to, uh, last week she had a trine to Pluto, helping lay out strategy, helping you see strategy in a new way. Now she goes into Libra, which is one of her natural placements because Pallas Athena does rule justice and the law. So, um, you know, in her, we don't think of, the asteroids don't have rulerships, but when we think of Pallas Athena, she's the goddess of Athens, of course, Georgia, and she was a military 
uh, Athens, Greece, rather, she's a military strategic visionary. And so when she goes into Libra, it's one of her favorite signs. In Virgo, she's very good at strategizing. In Libra, she starts to connect, relate, share, and she's going to be on the world point, forming an aspect to Jupiter and um, Juno and Venus, soon to be on the world point. So there's a lot of information and idea sharing happening with Pallas Athena entering this new sign, taking those ideas and bringing them out. On Wednesday, Vesta also enters Cancer, uh, and it's been in Virgo for a while, and when it enters Cancer, it now goes from the Gemini version into the nurturing building version. Now, in my case, while Vesta's been in Gemini, I have been shredding papers. We've been going through a bunch of papers with my friend Joni Pope. Uh, 16 bags, 13 bags, 7 bags, 9 bags, 6 bags. We carry bags of papers out every time she's here. And I have shredded, I mean, it's amazing. You know, it's kind of like a trip down memory lane, which was really good for the Mercury retrograde. But now that Vesta goes into Cancer, now we're settling in and we're nurturing. We're growing. We're, we're helping it. Explain Gemini, of course, is papers. So there's a shift as Vesta enters Cancer. And uh, it's clearly a noisy morning outside my house uh, with the sirens and the horn honking and uh, everybody speaking up. So as Vesta enters Cancer, Vesta, of course, rules food, as does Ceres. So they're both going to be um, encouraging us to look at food things. And they are in a working trine you know, talking to each other. So that's a, a helpful, helpful energy, how we take care of each other. There also is a new moon on Wednesday, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, on Thursday, September 14th. There will be a new moon webinar available on my website to sign up for on Wednesday the, um, Wednesday the 13th. Uh, and the new moon is at 21 Virgo. Uh, so it's in a house of creativity, forces us, thinks, asks us to do creative work, it's in a creative sign, rules this creative house for the point of view of the chart. It also is as the Venus and the Juno are coming in to square the Jupiter on a world point. So there's a lot of energy of connection, collaboration, and working together. It's got a, the asteroids are pretty nice for this new moon um, and the fixed stars also, but it is Jupiter on the angle. Uh, in the chart cast for Washington. So as the new moon happens, the sun and the moon are going to be trying to Uranus. So this has got a creative breakthrough and a creative expansion. You can see in the chart, there's a huge grand trine in Earth. Earth is all about manifesting and getting things done. There also is a secondary trine of a Cancer with Saturn and Cancer trining series, or Vesta recently entering into Cancer yesterday and trining series about to enter into Scorpio. So we have a water trine and an earth trine. That's a very fertile placement. So this new moon is very fertile and very creative. And a lot of the planets, uh, the earth planets, are in the fifth house of creativity for the chart cast for Washington. And Jupiter, of course, is on the ascendant. So it's a new moon about abundance and expansion. When we look at the phases for the new moon, today, the 13th, is uh, the new moon at 21 Virgo. Next June 14th will be the opening square when the, gem the sun is in Gemini and the Virgo moon happens, and that will take place at 2339 Virgo, Gemini. The full moon is March, of 2020, March 14th of 2025, 
and that's the full moons of 23 Pisces and the Virgo Vir, Pisces Sun and Virgo Moon at 23 of Pisces Virgo and then the third quarter December 11th uh, the of 2025 the, the sun and moon are at 20 degrees and four minutes Sagittarius sun Virgo moon so we know we have the 30 day new moon cycle but we also have this two and a half year phase family cycle where the planets repeat at approximately the same degree and the cycle that what we see now we see the fruits of next June and then we also see um, the full moon energy in in 2025, uh, in March of 25, and then we close it up and wrap it up next in, in Sagittarius time of December 11th of 2025. So kind of think of these as your longer expansive periods for projects. And then of course, look at where 22 Virgo is in your chart, because that is where this new moon is opening up and expanding your life. And we'll have a new moon webinar on Wednesday night. This new moon takes place on Thursday, September 13th. I'm sorry, Thursday, September 14th. I have a little typo there, Mercury retrograde. I'm like, wait, I thought it was the 14th. The new moon is, yeah. So anyway, it's on Thursday, September 14th, the new moon happens. We also have Jupiter squaring Juno. As we mentioned before, Juno was going into uh, Cancer. I'm sorry, Juno. Uh, was going into Lib. What the hell is Juno going into? I'm losing my mind here. Where is the little bugger? All right, Juno, where are you? Hello, Juno. Yeah. Okay. So Juno's in Leo. Yeah. Okay. I'm having a having a mind melt here. Juno is on a world point at 15 Leo, and Venus is there too. This is a really big week for partnerships, relationships things to launch. And so Venus and Juno are both squaring Jupiter. First up is Juno. So it's going to push us with our partnerships. And remember, Pallas Athena is also on a world point, And she is talking to us and saying, who are you partnering with? Who are you creating with? Of course, this is right after the new moon. So the energy is very potent and very strong. And it's very much about you know collaboration and connection and expansion and taking action because it's an opening square taking action around partnerships so watch for partnership opportunities on friday the 13th watch for ideas or friday friday the 15th not the 13th a little mercury retrograde here and i haven't had enough coffee this morning um, we still have that delicious grand trine in earth that's helping us manifest we also have a lovely grand trine in water that's helping us create so there's a strong energy and we also have planets uh, series near the north node that's part of that grand trine in water as she goes into scorpio in a few days and so grand trine in water is flow 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 grand trine in earth is make 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 so there's a lot of flowing and making going on this week and so that's part of the energy of uh transformation that we're working with there also are you know some fingers of god in there requiring us to do some adjustments um, and that's okay, you know, it's sometimes we need to adjust and the adjusting energy is pretty strong, uh, especially because one of the grand trines ties into time to adjust. So um, watch for opportunities to present themselves, 
or situations for you to say, okay, that's finished, I'm letting that go, that's finished, I'm letting that go. Because, because it's on the south node, there can be a releasing of things, because the Grand Trine in water points to that south node. Uh, in Libra, there can be a releasing of things that were kind of hanging on. You weren't sure what you were going to do with, but now you're clear, no, it needs to go. So when nodes shifted in, the, in June into, um, or sorry, in July, rather, into Aries and Libra, they said, hey, we're going back 19 years, 2004, we're going, 2004, 2005, we're going back 19 years before that, 86, 87, we're going 19 years before that uh, to 67, 68. So in my case, my aunt uh, left the convent then and came to live with us in 67, 68. Think about my sister and her husband met in 86. Um, 38 years ago. Think about who pulled into your life in 2004, 2005. Uh, what, what arrived for you? And then go forward from there. Because the energy of the nodes is very much about the flow and the creation and the abundance. And then it physically wants to make something happen. Now sometimes you're going to be leaving things. That's why we have a lot of health aspects this week. You know, people may be leaving. And I, somebody wrote me and said, and when you say that, it makes me nervous. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, my job is to say it, you know. But also, it doesn't mean they're dying, but it does mean that you're shifting away from them. And with all these planets on world points that are kind of aha, and Mercury stopping to tell us stories, part of our job is to go, wow, because as, as the Juno and the Jupiter square that, of course, can be, you know, relationship energy popping up where we're going to hear about relationships ending and shifting. Squares at or changing. It doesn't have to end, but it changes. You know, and even as we, as we work with energy, we understand that when it shifts and changes, we have this kind of moment where we're like, oh, that's changing on me. And, of course, the world moves, you know, that, that uh, my favorite Tony Kushner um, quote from Angels in America, the world spins forward. And so this is a week of spinning forward uh, because of the new moon and because of all the planets on the world points and because it brings us an awareness. Next up, Ceres enters Scorpio. Um, so Ceres enters Scorpio on Friday as Mercury stations um, and as you know, we have this new moon energy and this grand trine in earth and this grand trine in water, when Ceres enters Scorpio, she pops that grand trine in water. She pushes the Vesta, the home and hearth planet. She pushes Saturn, who recently went into Cancer. She pushes Saturn, who's at two Pisces. So this grand trine in water, again, Saturn in Pisces, last time he was there, was the spring. You know, he was in Pisces in April, March, March, April time frame. Um, this was when Mitch McConnell fell, and so we may see some news with him. But we also have, you know, in our own life, we go back to 94, 95, 96, when Saturn was in Pisces. So think back to that time, because when Saturn was rolling through Pisces then, there was this moment of recognition. And then, you know, keep going back 29 years before that, to what was going on for you in the um, in the late 60s when you were well maybe not here I was here and uh, in my case that was my aunt leaving the convent you know Pisces is the nuns and she came to live with us uh, so there's an for a while until she got an apartment and a job my dad co-signed her loan 
and she got an apartment and she met Uncle Lou and now 50 years later they've been married 50 years. Their anniversary, we celebrated it uh, last week, which is why I missed the weekly weather. I was in Memphis celebrating 50 years of Aunt Carol being married to Uncle Lou, my cousins who came in with Uncle Lou because he was divorced. And um, uh, I was 19. I was in freshman, sophomore in college when they got married. Um, but yeah, so the energy of this connection, collaboration, it's, it's really a very ripe time because Mercury retrograde encourages us to think back, to remember the early times, to remember what was going on. And there's just a lot of flow in the heavens. Now, when we have grand trines, sometimes it's too much of a good thing. Uh, in this case, the Uranus, uh, Jupiter, Pluto, Earth, grand trine, you know, the, the Morocco having all those old buildings, Pluto and Capricorn, that are shaky, right? And so many people have passed, but it also is structurally realigning. So look at the structures in your life that are getting shaken up a little and are asking to be realigned or transformed as Ceres enters Scorpio and, and asks us to descend into the underworld because Scorpio, of course, rules the underworld, rules transformation, but it also is a pretty impassioned placement. Next up, Mercury stations to go direct on Friday also. Friday's a really busy day, as you might guess. Um, Mercury stations direct, and when it does in DC, that Jupiter uh, is on the down, on the bottom of the chart, down at the very bottom on the IC, squaring Venus in the seventh, squaring Juno in the seventh. So there's an opportunity there to take transformational action. Of course, Congress comes back. We're going to be negotiating the budget. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that in politics land. But there's an intense energy here with this Mercury stationing direct around revealing secrets. He is in the eighth house of telling the tales. So we're going to have some secrets come out. We also have the sun triggering that grand trine in Earth by trining Uranus, which is going to happen on Saturday. So there's like an awakening, an aha moment, a seeing of things that we haven't seen before. And this is really big. All these planets on the world point make for a really big news week. So pay attention. It'll be spinning and quick and fast. And you're going to be like, Anna, I don't think I can go any faster. I'm like, I know. Isn't it wild? It's like this wild ride. And, you know, I get up in the morning and I run all day. Um, and then I sit down, you know, and I get to the end of the day and I'm like, I have to go to bed. A lot of, lot of activity. Remember, Virgo is a busy, busy sign. And the Mercury in Virgo is a busy, busy Mercury. And in his favorite sign, but he is also telling tales. So really pay attention. Truth comes out this week. Good, bad, or indifferent. You may like it, you may not like it, but you're going to hear it. And that energy is strong. Sun trines Uranus also on Friday. You getting the idea how big Friday is going to be? Okay, so the sun trines Uranus and that one, uh, we have Jupiter on the angle, on the ascendant in the DC chart. But we also have it as part of this grand trine in Earth. On the world point, squaring Venus, squaring Jupiter, squaring Juno. Uh, Pallas Athena stepping in and giving her opinion. And there's a lot of energy around transformation and change and also uh, shifts. Now, Uranus is also an earthquake aspect. Now, it doesn't have to be a physical earthquake, but it can be a little bit of an earthquake in your life. 
And so remember, he went retrograde last week, which was when we had, you know, we always watch him when he goes retrograde because he often brings changes of a pretty big nature. And we have this shift in focus. And he's, he and Jupiter are both going retrograde in Taurus till January when they go direct. So we're looking at maybe revising some old stories too as the sun trines Uranus. Like, well, no, now that we know this, what are we going to do about it? And there's a very dramatic energy on Friday with this sun trine Uranus. So we'll be watching to see what happens because it's kind of big deal. We also have Venus now on a world point, squaring Jupiter on a world point. And Jupiter is like parked in, at 15 degrees of Taurus, which is a world point. For those of you who go, what are the world points? These are when big things happen that we remember for a long time. If you have them at the fifth, you have world points in your chart, you'll be known for that planet, whatever it is. Some people have a lot of them. You know, you look at like a Colin Powell or a Tom Hanks, they have a lot of planets on the world point. Other people just have one. And sometimes people are known in their field or their industry, um, not necessarily worldwide, but world points are moments where we all pause and look and go, oh, wow, that's big. So with Venus and Juno squaring Jupiter, this is a really big world point, plus making strategic approaches. But Venus is in Leo, right? So she's in a happy place. She's squaring Jupiter, who's in Taurus. He, you know, he, he likes to expand in Taurus. I've had a lot of my Taurus clients going, why am I getting fat? And I'm like, because Jupiter's in Taurus. He wants to expand your Taurus uh, field, your Taurus house. So this square on Saturday, kind of, on Sunday rather, kind of pushes us into a new way of looking and thinking about things as Venus squares Jupiter on Sunday the 17th. Um, as I mentioned before, we have a new moon webinar on the 13th on Wednesday for the new moon that takes place on September 14th. Sign up on my, uh, sign up on my website for it. All right, let's talk about some of the astrologies and events out there in the world. And we'll do that in a second after we um, finish the other minor aspects that are hanging out in the sky where I'll be talking a bit more about some of the health aspects. Okay, so the sun this week goes from 17 Virgo to 25 Virgo. Um, and he is, as we mentioned, the big aspect with him is that trying to Uranus. He also has aspect, hard separating aspects to Mars and Neptune, where you're going to be, uh, you're going to, whatever you've been illusioned by, you're not going to be illusioned by anymore. You're going to see it clearly. You're going to go, oh my God, has that been there all the time? And, and people are going to go, yeah, you didn't, you didn't see it? And they're like, no, I, I didn't. Uh, how, that's really been there all the time? Yeah, it's been there all the time. We have a health aspect with the sun in Aquindicelli to Saturn. This is a big one. Uh, the sun is the light of our life. Saturn is the structure of our bodies. So that's one of the big aspects that's taking place. As mentioned, Mercury, very slow. He's basically parked at 10. He stations at 8. So he's not going, he's going less than a degree all week. Uh, and he is, uh, he's opposite series um, in, in Libra. So he is saying, I'm separating on some level from old structures. He also has a little bit of an argument with, um, Mercury has an argument, sesquiquadrate with Eris. So that's kind of harsh words around a situation. And of course, he stations to go direct on the 15th at 8 degrees of Virgo. 
Venus is starting to pick up a bit of speed. She's going from, because she was stationed retrograde, remember, on, um, now she's direct. Stationed retrograde on the 3rd. So she is uh, at 1255 Leo, and she goes to 16 Leo. She has a meeting up with Juno, partnering energy at 12. She, too, has a health aspect with Pluto that happens on the 10th and the 11th where there's a recognition that things are shifting and changing. And Venus has a square to Jupiter on the world point on September 17th. So that's a biggie. Uh, and she's building to it all week, but that's when the square perfects, which is making choices about how we're proceeding. Mars this week is moving along about two degrees. He goes from uh, eight Libra to 12 Libra. Um, he has a lot of health aspects. That's why I was like, mm, these are big health aspects. He's in Libra, so he's talking to Eris. He's talking to the node of fate, and he's talking to Neptune. So there's a little bit of deception going on with Mars and Libra, and angry energy, but also stealth, sneaky energy. Um, so if you, with Mars and Libra, it's a little passive-aggressive. It's also the... Um, the velvet glove over the iron fist. Libra is law, so we can look for some laws, taking action uh, stealthily. And it also is, Mars is also contraparallel Pallas Athena, uh, who is now on a world point of Libra, right? So we're going to be watching for stealthy legal matters taking place. Mars also has biquintiles to Jupiter and Saturn. So he's going to be sitting down with them and saying, okay, guys, what are the structures, Saturn, what are the relationships, Jupiter, that we're looking to work on and grow? Again, what you feed grows, that plant behind me that's 29 years old. Actually, it was a decent-sized plant when I got it, so it was older than 29. I adopted it young. And, and the energy of how do, we, how do we get there, right? So Mars this week in Libra is pretty, pretty strong. Jupiter this week um, is at 15, fixed, parked at the sky. She goes from 1524 to 1520, not moving much, four minutes the whole week. But as she sits, as Jupiter sits there and holds the space, it also has a health aspect, and it also is squaring our relationships. So it's making us look at our relationships in a new way. And Jupiter has a sesquiquadrate to um, Pallas Athena in Libra, so we're getting news, but we also have to look at that news and assess it and go, hmm, do I really think that's the case or is there something else going on here? Again, a lot of stealth energy going on, but the truth being told in bits and pieces as Mercury stops. Pluto this week, basically 24, squaring series also, kind of activating that um, the energy of how do we take action, what do we do, and that square to series um, takes place at 28 Libra, kind of encouraging us to do things. That was the beginning of the week before series shifted. So it's, okay, how do you nurture yourself? Chiron this week's quiet. As we mentioned, Pallas Athena goes from Gemini into, I'm sorry, Vesta, goes from Gemini into Cancer. So it's about nurturing and growing. And uh, Pallas Athena goes from Virgo into Libra about partnering and creating and writing it down and figuring it out. And um, Ceres goes into Scorpio from Libra, where she's been um, 
balanced and now she wants to get a little more intense. And if we look at the moons this week, get the moon calendar up. As mentioned, we have a new moon at 2159 Virgo on Thursday. The moon's in, in Leo on, Mon on Sunday. It was in Cancer in the morning, and it went into Leo at 1230 in the afternoon on Sunday. And it was in Leo, it's in Leo Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Goes void at 11.06 a.m. on Tuesday the 12th. It is then void all day, entering into Virgo at 1.18 a.m. on the 13th. And the closing aspect that the moon has as it goes void at 11 is a square to Uranus, which gives us sudden unexpected changes um, as that moon goes void square Uranus. Um, when she goes into Vir and so Monday, you know, the aspects are nice on, uh, with the Leo moon. They're, you know, they're nice aspects. Moon is working with Mars, moon is working with Venus, moon is squaring Jupiter, little overdoing, but good. It makes for a nice, makes for a nice solar return for me because it's my birthday on the 11th, but it also is, um, and I have a Leo moon, Juno, and Venus together. So I'm like, I think this is a year of love, maybe some money too, but I'm kind of looking for love, right? So then moon goes into Virgo on Wednesday at 1.11 in the morning, and it's in Virgo on Wednesday, Thursday, the new moon and Thursday, and it goes void at 9.49 a.m. on the 15th, um, and that goes void with a trine to Pluto. So again, a nice new moon with a good closing aspect as Mercury stopped in the sky in Virgo. So this is an important moon of commitment and dedication and figuring out what you want to do. It's also Rosh Hashanah begins on Friday when Mercury stations to go direct. Um, and then the moon goes void at 9.49 a.m., goes into Libra at 1.44 p.m., on Friday afternoon, and it's in Libra on Friday afternoon evening, Saturday all day, Sunday, and it goes void at 9.06 p.m. Sunday night with a square to Pluto. So the weekend's a little intense, and we have, uh, you know, if we're looking at our intense days, we have a lot of intensity on Sunday the 17th and on Saturday the 16th. So those are our intense days this week, and to a certain extent, Friday too. Although Friday is more the news of change. So the beginning of the week is a little quiet um, because of the Virgo moon and the Leo moon with nice aspects. But once that new moon hits, all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so um, just prepare for Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to be a little volatile, especially Friday. Um, and so, you know, it's all good. It's part of life. It's why we're here, why we're rolling around on planet Earth trying to figure out Earth school. So this week, the end of the week, is a little more challenging, a little more intense days, um, emotionally intense. But there's a lot of planets on world points, so big events, big news in the world. And, of course, now let's go to our politics section um, for this for the week of September 10th. And we like sometimes we look backwards, sometimes we look forwards. So we have Venus in square, the Jupiter, the world point, a lot of planets on the world point, so that's big. Uh, we had Jimmy Buffett die, which, of course, I was a huge fan of Jimmy Buffett. He's one of my favorite people. I grew up singing his songs in bars in my town when I, went, when I was in college in Olean. Um, it was, that was around the same time that Piano Man, Billy Joel, came forward, right? So we were singing, Give Us a Song, and the Piano Man. And there was this club on Route 17 
I wanted to call it Club 21, but I think it might have been Club 17. But at any rate, it was this bar. It was a divey bar. And Al owned the bar. And we would all go there and get drunk and sing. That was my younger years. And uh, so Jimmy Buffett was a big one, Margaritaville. I still remember singing Wasting Away with Margaritaville uh, with my good friend Paul Giannotti. We were lab partners in Lab Rat. Man got me through Lab Rat because uh, I had a little fear of rats. And, um, and uh, he got me through it. And we would sing, you know, Jimmy Buffett. We would sing uh, Paul <laughs> Simon. So, and then for years I would go to the Jones Beach concert uh, where Jimmy and the Coral Reefers would come. We'd camp out in the parking lot, a lot of parrot heads, eat lobster and corn on the cob with my friends. And Ellen, of course, who passed away in, in her birthday is this week. She's a fellow Virgo. Um, and Ellen would cook lobster and corn on the cob in the trail. You know, they'd bring their trailer. She and Shelly had a trailer. They'd bring their trailer. We'd park in the parking lot and, you know, many memories. So Jimmy passed. Um, so I thought we would look at his chart because it's always fun to look at a, look at a musician's chart. Now, when he passed, people were surprised to find out he was worth a billion dollars. But Jimmy's got a moon in Capricorn down here out of bounds. Right, so that out of bounds moon in Cap, you know, he didn't grow up wealthy. He was born in uh, Pescalua, Mississippi. He had a couple of sisters. He was, of course, a musician, and, and you know, he lived a pretty party life. He died of skin cancer, um, that was the little red bump skin cancer. So it's you know, some of those skin cancers can be pretty aggressive. And he also was a Capricorn son, so. I remember one of my friends, um, Julie, who we were roommates back in the 80s, and we're still good friends today. I'd say she's one of my besties, you know, you have bestie friends. And when we were meeting, you know, Julie's very erudite, and she's very well-read. And so she was like, yeah, we were talking about becoming roommates. And um, she goes, yeah, we'll get the Sunday Times, and we'll read the Sunday Times. I'm like, okay. And I'm thinking, you know, I read the Post. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, it's not like the Post. And I'm like thinking, oh, you know, I, I like the Post. I love their headlines. And of course, the Post is a tabloid rag, and the Sunday Times is the New York Times, right? So we would have this conversation. We had this conversation. We were interviewing for roommates. And of course, I would come home from work, and I would bring the Post, because I would read it on the bus home. And, you know, at one point, she goes, you know, you really bring a lot of New York Posts in. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Uh, you know, I actually have to tell you, I lied you know, when you were saying, well, re I mean, I'm not adverse to reading the Sunday Times, but it wasn't what I read. I read the New York Post, right? So, but I learned about reading the New York Times from Julie. So, with Jimmy Buffett, same thing. She was talking to me about Jimmy Buffett. She's like, like, why would people go listen to this guy? Like, he's just, he sings the same songs over and over again. They're all about drinking and this. And I'm kind of like, yeah, you know, like, why would people? And he said, you know, Jewel, you know, because at this point I'd learned not to lie to her. We were just different people. I said, I really love Jimmy Buffett. I mean, his songs are great. You want to sing along. You want to go to the beach. Who, want, who doesn't want to go to the beach? We, every, you know, he brings you the beach when you sing Margaritaville or Fins or Pirate Looks at 40. And she was like, you listen to Jimmy Buffett? And I'm like, yeah. Now, when you go to a Jimmy Buffett concert, the sun and the Mars are in Capricorn. So you have little kids there, five years old, 10 years old, very clean show. Everybody's singing, dancing, eating corn on the cob, wearing their hula shirts. To 80, 
You know, they're 80 year olds singing and dancing. So it's, he's, his music spans generations. And if you grew up listening to Jimmy Buffett, everybody else does too. And you're a parrot head. Um, and so Jimmy has this. Now he's got a nice Jupiter and Venus here in Scorpio in the second house. So he realized he took control of his own music, started making, instead of making 280 an album, he made 680 an album because he published his own music. And then he franchised Margaritavilles so you can get Margaritaville shrimp and bring it home after a bad day. You can make a margarita. He has the Margaritaville restaurants all over the place. I went to one a few years back when I was in Vegas and had shrimp and listen to Jimmy Buffett music, right? So, you know, kind of he's like, you know, everybody wants a little beach. Everybody loves the beach. So when we look at his chart, we see this lovely, you know, energy where people commit to Jimmy. Moon's on a world point uh, in Capricorn, and it, it ageless, timeless. You know his songs. You know to sing salt, salt, salt when you're looking for Margaritaville. Um, and he has two grand trines. One in fire, one in air, and he also has a huge mystic rectangle, which you can see there in the middle of the chart. Mystic rectangles are people that know what their calling is and what they're going to do. Fire and air mystic rectangles inspire people. Earth and water mystic rectangles create things. And because he's a double Capricorn with the Libra rising answering to a very passionate Venus on Jupiter, the man did well for himself. Um, this is his death chart. As I mentioned, he died of skin cancer. Venus uh, is here, uh, rules the eighth house of death, and it's in Scorpio next to Jupiter. And he had one that's a little um, hard to spot. You know, there's different kinds. And he had one that's not one that people think of normally. It has little red bumps. You can see here, uh, Pluto, we see, you know, him leaving. A lot of times Ceres and Saturn are on the, you know, Ceres is involved when people take sail and leave because you're going back to Mother Earth. Also, Jupiter is involved. So Jupiter here uh, speaks to this energy of big expansion. We also have a lot of energy down here in terms of connection and moving forward with Saturn in the, the fifth house. Apparently, his sister was also sick. And of course, I've shed many a tear over Jimmy dying because I kind of think of it as my childhood leaving. And the nodes of fate, angular, as he sets sail for other places. So this is a departure chart. Next up, we had Bruce Springsteen postpone his camp concert due to a peptic ulcer. Not liking that. Um, not liking what's going on in Bruce's chart right now. So he has, uh, as you know, he has, whoops, sorry. Um, Bruce has the sun on the world point at zero. Uh, and his doctor said, stay home and take care of yourself. Uh, he also has um, some interesting aspects going on, including Jupiter on the world point in Capricorn, which is very active. Uh, and, of course, Virgo we often see for ulcers or digestive issues, and he does have Saturn there. And Saturn does rule his eighth house of departures. So we want to say to Bruce, hey, really pay attention. Make sure it's some, not just an ulcer. Go look at that digestive tract of yours because... Um, there's a lot of health aspects in Bruce's chart. So wishing Bruce well and a speedy recovery, but I'm not liking, I'm not liking him postponing. And when we look at him, his chart for postponing the tour to get better, we do see some intense aspects going on in Bruce's chart, including this moon Uranus 
which is three months from now. So we'll be watching Bruce this fall as he heads towards his uh, 75th birthday or 74th birthday too. So, um, but at any rate, we hope, wish, wish Bruce good health. But you can see the Mercury retrograde here on the Saturn, right, when he announced it. Saturn, of course, is the ruler. Saturn's in Virgo, which is the intestines. But Saturn also rules the house of death and transformation for him. And we have the Venus-Jupiter trining his son. So this is, this is important news from his camp. And Mercury retrograde doesn't always... Uh, it tells you this, the tells you what's going on, but it doesn't always tell you the full story. Uh, and then, of course, Tommy Tuberville. This is the one I wanted to look at. He is the uh, guy currently upholding over 306 pre promotions in the military because he does not like um, <laughs> the military. You know, we have now got rid of Roe versus Wade, and Alabama is a red state, has three military bases, and if you get stationed on a military base in a red state that has banned abortion, the military pays, doesn't pay for the abortion, but it pays for your travel and your time off. And Tommy is upholding the promotions of 306 military people, including top brass, because he doesn't like that law. And um, he, you know, he's not the, the, not the smartest, um, no, no offense to him as a person, not the smartest uh, tool in the shed, You're not the smartest pencil and not the brightest light in the bulb. And he's got that damn Venus Saturn. He's born my year. Uh, he's got that Venus Saturn in Scorpio in the 11th house of groups. And so because of his personal bias, he's introducing politics into the military. And the military doesn't pay for the abortions, but if you're, you are ordered to go to a state that doesn't offer health care for women, He's like, tough, tough it out. We're not paying, you know, and so is this this whole thing. So anyway, Elizabeth Warren is coming back and planning on waging war, which we do see. So what I did was I looked, and he was very offended the other day because the Department of Navy guy was complaining about him publicly on TV, you know, affecting readiness and aiding the communists. And he got really offended, and he's like, why didn't he pick up the phone and call me? I'm like, because you're blocking this policy publicly. He's taking you on. And I don't know where the Republicans are, who are normally the policy, you know, the military and the police people. These guys are totally lost their way. But I don't know why people aren't sitting on Tuberville's head. But this week, with Elizabeth Warren, is coming back, vowing to wage war on him. So we'll see what happens. Um, and he's got some pretty interesting aspects going with his new moon in Sag. So this, this newfound power that he has. And it's kind of pushing stuff. Now, we don't have a time for him, uh, unfortunately. But we do have that he's a Virgo. And he's about to have the, 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 <laughs> the wrath of Elizabeth Warren descend on his head. So that'll be interesting. And he also has his progressed Saturn on a world point, getting hit really hard. He's got Saturn in Scorpio. He's got Pallas Athena, which is the military in Scorpio. And, of course, Pallas Athena is just shifting into... Um, uh, we just have we just have Ceres skipping into Scorpio, which is of course mothers. So we see the policy hold up in his chart. Like I'm not letting this happen until the military changes their rules. But we also see the forces now kind of gathering to take him on a little, which will be good because it's really screwing up the military, not letting him 
Uh, I have actually a friend's nephew who's, you know, supposed to be changing. And of course, kids are going back to school. You know, they like to get these things so the kids know where they're going and the parent, you know, the, the military runs. So, um, so watch for that in the news this week. Tommy, Tommy getting taken on by Elizabeth. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Ward, she's tough, man. She's got a real interesting interface with his chart. So we'll see what happens with Tommy this week. And um, so that's the weather. Hope you have a good one. And remember to um, hang in there. The world is changing quick and rapidly. And sign up for daily uh, podcasts on Patreon. Uh, and off we go. Have a great week. Bye.